Over his 34-year career, my husband has authored over 50 published articles, along with several books, videos, and audio training programs on the subject of network marketing. He's also been repeatedly recognized as one of the top network marketing trainers in the world. In June of 2011, he was invited to visit our company's home office. He was so impressed with what he saw that he decided that day to walk away from his lucrative speaking and consulting career and got started as a team of one. Today, that team of one has grown to over 200,000 customers, associates, managers, directors, executives, and millionaires in 17 countries. Today, my husband and I work together and we are extremely grateful to have been recognized as the number one income earners for our company worldwide. But what I'm most excited about today is that thanks to podcast technology, you can learn the leadership skills, the leadership lessons that will help you grow your own world-class team. With that in mind, let the man who's been teaching others about leadership for decades share what he's been teaching with you. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to introduce my business partner and the love of my life, my husband, Michael S. Klaus. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Can you believe it? We're already up to episode number nine. And today we're going to be talking about, well, I suppose it's really one of those bridge podcasts that's going to take you from wherever you are in conversation or presentation, as we discussed last week, to ultimately getting you connected to someone saying yes. And that is overcoming objections versus the request for more information. So we're really going to talk about what happens when someone basically pushes back a little bit, or hey, pushes back a lot. And let me just say from the very beginning, this is going to happen. It's just part of the process. It's how most of us behave as we move through life. So we're not going to expect something different here. But for most people, and that may also at this moment in time include you. For most people, they've really never done anything like this before. And so when you're sitting down with your best friend, hey, maybe your partner in life, you're talking to a colleague, a friend, maybe somebody you met for the very first time, you've got great rapport with this individual and they ask questions and you get into, say, an informal presentation, and then they start pushing back. They're objecting. What do we do? How do we handle it? Well, that's the whole topic today. So if you've ever wondered, what am I supposed to do now? Let's get right into the material. So first of all, I want to make a distinction again in our language. You know, we've been defining a lot of this, so we have this common language moving forward because, well, English is not the easiest language to learn. Sometimes words have dual meanings, and we're really not sure if someone says, wow, that's bad. Do they, do they mean it's bad or do they mean it's good? So we really have to talk about language for just a moment. So let's define what it means to object. Now think about that word for a moment and what comes to your mind. For me, it's a courtroom setting where all of a sudden, either the prosecuting attorney or the defense attorney doesn't particularly care for what's happening on the witness stand and he or she stands up and says, I object. 
more of an adversarial role when you really think about it. They're not happy with the direction things are going. Maybe it's procedural, or maybe they're just trying to get the questioning to move in a different direction. But I object is anything other than pleasant. That's what comes through my mind. And so I love to shift language so that we can look at this differently. And I hope from today forward, you will appreciate that although you at times will find yourself in an adversarial situation where people truly are objecting, most of the time people are simply making a request for more information. I remember Lynn talking about one of the top leaders now in our company, uh, Kim, who happens to live in the Omaha area as well, when they were having conversation and one of the first requests for more information that was made during that informal presentation, Kim asked Lynn, are the grouse, are the cows grass fed? Lynn's like, are the cows grass fed? I, I don't even, I have no idea. Let me go find out. Now, was Kim objecting? No. She was making a request for more information. Lynn had to go find out. Turns out cows were grass-fed. Everybody's happy and we move on. And now Kim's one of the top leaders in our entire team and indeed in the entire company. So sometimes just providing information is all that's necessary to advance the individual that we're talking to from, I'm not really sure, to the point of, hey, I want to participate with you. So again, we don't want to think adversarial most of the time. We want to think in terms of a request for more information, what I love to refer to as conversational, not adversarial, conversational. And now when we think about it, when does that occur? Well, as we discussed last week when we were talking about presenting, it really can occur at any time. I mean, it can occur before you even open your mouth sometimes. You know, you show up in some isogenics gear and someone takes a look and says, oh, that's one of those. Now, there's what is potentially an adversarial objection before any information has even been exchanged. Rare, but it can happen. And when it does, don't be too concerned about it. Listen, it's just like showing up in a team apparel uh, for, you know, somebody's team that they don't particularly like. And they're like, oh, you're one of those people. Listen, people are people and, and they do what they do. And so we just have to understand we have the formal presentations and we have the informal presentations and people asking for more information is just part of the process. So how are we going to connect the dots? Well, at some point in time, when you're having these conversations, typically we want to draw out the person we're talking to and really find out where they are. And one of those beautiful questions, which Lynn has been teaching on for years, goes like this. Is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started today? Now, that's the foundation of the question I would ask all of you to really internalize so that it can become part of the fabric of your conversations moving forward. But it's just the foundation. There are different variations of that that might sound like this. Is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started on your health journey today? Hey, is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started feeling better today? Is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started earning some more money today? Hey, is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started? You get the idea. But the premise is, is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started? At some point in time, you do have to ask them. But of course, we would never put that question into our conversation or into our presentation until we have provided enough 
information where the person we're talking to can say yes. So let's continue by connecting the dots from the prospecting pr perspective to following up to presenting again, either formally or informally, and then to asking that individual you're talking to, we're going to refer to them still as a, as a prospect. Remember, we want to prospect, not a project. Is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started today? Remember, a prospect, probably they're going to come back with a request for more information. A project, they may object, and they may object in a very adversarial way. And here's the crazy part. Let me just give you a little, little insight as to how people behave. It seems that the closer people are to you in life, they fall almost into a black or white category. I'm talking about a spouse, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a best friend. It just seems like the closer people are to you in life, they're either all in, they want to support you because of the relationship, or they want to push back for reasons known perhaps only to them. There doesn't seem to be a lot of gray, so just be aware of that and let it be okay. Look, we've been doing this for a long time, and I can assure you, no one enrolls 10 for 10 every time. There is no perfect opening line to get everyone to say, yes, I would like to know more. There is no perfect transitional phrase to get people in a follow-up situation to say, yes, I'd love to attend that formal presentation. There's no perfect way to say, would you like to do what we're doing? Other than trying these basic little fundamental questions, hey, is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started today? We have to understand that people are different and we're just trying as best we can to advance the conversation forward. And as we've discussed in weeks gone by, whatever in the beginning you lack in skill, you can actually make up for with activity. So when someone is out there who's very competent and they're doing this maybe once or twice a week and they're enrolling most of the people they talk to, you may only have a ratio of one enrollment for every 10 presentations, but if you're doing way more presentations than someone else, you can still enroll more people at the end of the week or the end of the month than almost anyone. So remember, you want to focus on keeping the main thing the main thing, the activity portion, telling the story, and giving people the opportunity to say yes. So how do we do that? Well, let me give you some fundamentals on this whole idea of overcoming objections that I believe will really help you moving forward. First of all, I do believe in sponsoring up. Now, this is a little controversial, so I'm not trying to back anyone into a corner. I want to make sure you really hear me on this point. For as far back as I care to remember, I have been putting everyone I've met on my own personal scale of one to 10. I would really encourage you to try this for about the next 90 days and see if it serves you as well as it's been serving me. Now, remember what I said, this is my scale. It's my scale of one to 10. So because it's my scale, I made an arbitrary decision that I'm a five. Anyone that I see as me, I rate a five. If somebody has the same size social network, they're a five. If they have a bigger social network than I do, they might be a six or a seven or an eight or higher. If they have a much smaller presence, they might be a four, a three, a two, or a one. I know about how I am as far as being outgoing and gregarious and talking to people. Hey, if they remind me of me, they're a five. If they're a little bit 
more quiet, a little bit maybe more shy or whatever they would like to call themselves, they might be a four, a three, a two, or a one. You get the idea. Somebody who has a lot of time and a burning desire to succeed like I do, I might rate them a five because again, I'm comparing them, comparing them to whom? I'm comparing them to myself. So when you put together your little scale of one to 10, you're going to be a five. You're not comparing you to me. You're comparing the other people that you will meet to you. So how does this help us? Well, I treat everyone the same. There is no prejudice in my world. If I meet you and for whatever reason through conversation, I might put you down as a two or a three. That doesn't mean anything. Listen, there was a day in my world I wouldn't even have made a one. I would have been a zero on almost anybody's scale who was using this. And I am so grateful that someone paid a little attention to me and allowed me to grow and to learn and to develop into the leader that I have become. So because of my journey, I treat everyone the same. Here's the difference. I don't chase ones, twos, threes, and fours. I treat them all the same. I give them all the same opportunity. I'll work with them the same way. I'll plug them into the system the same way. I'll really help them the same way. But if I noticed that for whatever reason, a person, I just had this feeling that they're like a one or a two or a three, I'm not going to invest a tremendous amount of time, effort, or energy in following up repetitively with that individual. By contrast, if I see you as someone who is about like me, somebody who might be even higher or a higher number than me on the list, I'm telling you the only way you're going to get off my prospecting list is to join or die. And I say that a bit tongue in cheek, but I hope you, you understand the point. And, you know, this was really amplified with Warren Lance, the gentleman who actually enrolled me into Isogenics. You know, I'd known Warren. He was a student in one of my classes years ago. Warren became friends. In fact, if you have an opportunity at some point to listen to an audio recording entitled Building a Better Life, on that particular recording, you'll hear me mention him because he was there in the audience. We became friends because he started reaching out to me. He introduced me to Isogenics and for the next six and a half years tried to get me to sit down and take a look. But the timing for me was never right. I liked the conversations. I enjoyed getting together with Warren. He had a quality that I really refer to now as pleasant persistence. I knew why Warren was calling. Hey, Michael, I'm coming down. I'd love to have coffee. Are you up for coffee if I'm there next week? Sure, I would say I'm up for coffee. I knew what was going to happen. We'd meet for coffee. He'd ask me all about me. I like talking about my favorite subject, as probably you do as well. And then I would ask him all about him because he likes talking about his favorite subject. And guess what would come up? All about what he was doing. But the crazy part is Warren was not waiting for me. Warren, when I met him, was earning about $1,000 a week, if memory serves. When I finally said yes, Warren was making over $10,000 a week. So although Warren continued following up with me in a very pleasant but very persistent manner about every 90 days for six and a half years, can you imagine that? And I asked Warren one time, why? He said, I just saw you as somebody that if you ever said yes, you could really do some amazing things. Who do you have right now on your list that if that were your reality, you could see them doing some amazing things too? If you see people as your equal, fives, or sixes, sevens, eights, nines, or tens, you want to make sure that you are pleasantly persistent with those individuals because some of the best ones will take time. Sponsor up. You're going to be a five. Work with everyone. Treat everyone fairly. Some of the ones can become rock stars over time.
but I wouldn't invest a ton of my time following up with people who just express no interest at all, and you see them as, well, more projects than prospects. Number two, keep it simple. When it comes to overcoming objections or providing the answers when people are requesting more information, we really want to keep it simple. This is not a sales organization like a professional or traditional sales organization. Yes, you could go out and learn neuro-linguistic programming. You could go take some of the best training courses on sales and sales methodology. You could learn some of the best ways to memorize, internalize, and then utilize the beautiful ways of overcoming the classic objections. But it probably won't duplicate. You might be able to enroll a few more people, but odds are good it's going to stall out. And I say this having been to the NLP programs. I understand what that is all about. I understand what it's like to master something about overcoming an objection. I mean, I remember the classic Tommy Hopkins, you know, hear them out, feed them back, question it, answer the question, you know, confirm the answer and then move on, by the way. I remember the Benjamin Franklin balance sheet close, which we had to master word for word before we could graduate from his class. You know, Americans have long considered Benjamin Franklin one of our wisest men. Whenever old Ben was in a situation such as the one you're in, he felt pretty much the way you did. If it was the right thing to do, he wanted to be sure and do it. If it was the wrong thing, he wanted to be sure and avoid it. Isn't that pretty much the way you feel today? Well, here's what Ben would do. I mean, I memorized it. I know those words to this day, but that's not simple. It's not simple. Giving somebody a script and saying, master this, that could be possible if this were your livelihood and it was all that you did. If you were the traditional sales of one and done, the car sale, the house sale, the large equipment sale, you know, something in the professional selling environment, that's not who we are. So keep it simple. Well, what does that look like? Well, I'm just going to give you a couple of ideas because I'll promise you, you will get better over time. But if you'll just use the remainder of our conversation today as really your outline, you keep it simple, you focus on sponsoring up, you remember the difference between a project and a prospect, you're going to be just fine. Especially if you're the one saying, is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started on your health journey today? And you're really drawing that person out to find out where they are. So what is the outline we really want to follow? We're going to give you two ideas. Number one, you want to try answering their question or their statement with an open-ended question, not a yes or a no, which are close-ended. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that if someone says to you, is this a pyramid scheme? What do most people do? We just immediately go into defensive posture. We just immediately start saying to the individual, well, oh no, this is not a pyramid scheme. Pyramid schemes are illegal. This is illegal. This is not what most people want to hear. When someone says, is this a pyramid scheme? Again, I could give you a paragraph. I could give you several pages. We could talk about the fact that, you know, if this was a pyramid scheme, why would the Better Business Bureau have given our company the highest rating? You know, if this was a pyramid scheme, why would we be on the Inc. 500 fastest growing list for all of these years? You know, if this was a pyramid scheme, why why would we be a member of the Chamber of Commerce in great standing in the community? You can go down that road, but that's complicated. Remember, we want to keep this simple. So when someone, when we're we're trying to answer that question that they're posing to us, is this a pyramid scheme? Or when they're just making that bold statement, hey, this is a pyramid scheme. 
This is one very simple way to draw them out so that you know the direction you should be going. What do you mean? I'll promise you it's simple, it's clean, and it really helps them articulate more fully where their challenge, if any, happens to be. Hey, is this a pyramid scheme? Pyramid scheme? What do you mean? Hear them out. Really listen. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your body. If you're doing this in a text exchange, just send a little message back. What do you mean? And then let them explain what they mean. Because here's what we probably know for sure. They're really not asking, is this a pyramid scheme? Because if they understood what that question really involved, they wouldn't be asking it. So the mere fact they're asking it shows they really don't understand who we are and what we do. After all, we are a member in good standing with the Chamber of Commerce. We have the highest rating the Better Business Bureau provides. We've been on these lists like the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies or Inc. 5000, I believe it is, fastest growing companies. The list of credible evidence supporting who we are and what we do is enormous. The Stevie Awards, which are really like the Oscars for business, we've been awarded awards right alongside companies like Apple Computer and AT&T. We're the real deal. But giving people that information is usually more than they need. So again, what do you mean? Now, listen to what they say and then do the best you can to answer that. Remember, if you really want some good talking points, log into our team website, onebigteam.us. If you're on our team, you know the password. And go to the section in the resources area on building your belief. Click on the company and really get comfortable learning some of those talking points. I've mentioned just a few of them, like the Chamber of Commerce and the Better Business Bureau, but you'll get some really great talking points there too. Now, it's the same basic thing if they're saying, hey, how long do I have to drink shakes? Oh, you only have to drink shakes until your body is where you'd like it to be. You know, it's two meal replacements a day and one... No, a little bit too much. Now you can go down that road. And if that's working for you, if you found a way that works for you, please continue it. But for most people, when someone says, do I have to drink shakes? What do you mean? Because we really don't know what they mean. Obviously, we have an amazing meal replacement shake. But do they think we're going to take all the food out of their diet? Do they think we're going to put them on some form of a shake only a program into perpetuity. What do they mean? I remember talking to someone one day and they said, well, you know, how, do I have to drink? Shakes? I could never drink shakes the rest of my life. And I said, okay, can I ask what you mean? Well, I just think, you know, I really want to eat knife and fork food. I mean, just, you know, drinking shakes every single day just doesn't seem to appeal to me. And I said, can I ask you a personal question? And they said, sure. And I said, I know you well enough to know the answer, but I just want to validate it. You enjoy a nice glass of red wine from time to time, don't you? They said, yes, I enjoy a nice glass of wine probably every day. Wonderful. So if someone who didn't really understand why you were doing that came to you and said, you really drink red wine every day? How long are you going to do that? How would you respond? The person smiled at me and said, okay, I got it. Apparently, if I like these, it will be easy to do. And I said, yes, if you like these, it will be easy to do. So now that we've covered that, is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started today on that health journey? That's how we tie this together in a bow. Do you feel that? 
It costs too much. What do you mean? Most of us, when we hear it costs too much, what do we do? Oh, no, you're paying for it anyway. Have you figured out what it costs you for all of the meals? You know, there are about three meals a day, morning, noon, and night, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 30 days in the average month, that's 90. So if you take those together and average it all out and divide this by that, and we cost this, and you see the net, you've got cash in your pocket if you say yes. Are you ready to say yes? They're like, what? Too much. It costs too much. These people that are bringing this up as a request for more information or maybe an objection. I'm not sure. How's the body language? How's the conversation going? Where are they? Are they a project or are they a prospect? The only one who really knows for sure is you. But when they bring this up, what are they really saying to you? Best response? What do you mean? Let them tell you. And then based upon that conversation, do the best you can in answering their question. It's never going to be perfect. Two people are not the same. But we can learn over time that this is really one of those beautiful little sentences that can start almost any request for more information. I don't have the time. What do you mean? And let them explain it. Well, you know, I've got the kids, I've got software, I've got this, that. Let them tell you what that means. Really listen to them. Let them speak. And as they're talking, your mind is going to be working. And you, I promise, over time will come up with a way to answer their request for more information. So again, we can try answering their question or their statement with that open-ended question. Remember, an open-ended question is defined as one that they can't say yes or no to. What do you mean they can't say no? What do you mean allows them to elaborate? It's open-ended. Now, we can also use the opposite, what we call close-ended statements. And I love closed-ended questions because, again, they do call for a yes or a no. But if they're provocative, if they're deep, if they really probe, they can be very effective. So, for an example, when someone asks a particular question, they ask for more information, it feels like an objection, how do you respond? What about a closed-ended question? Now, we talked about, I don't have the time. And we could say, what do you mean? But if it feels right, and the only person that will ever know if this is going to feel right at that moment in time is you. If it feels right, you might also try this closed-ended question. Would you like to change that? And you really want to add just a little bit of a oomph to it? Put their name at the very beginning. You know, I just, I don't, I don't know where I would get the time. John, let me ask you, would you like to change that? John says, what do you mean? Well, John, I don't, I don't know your life. I don't live in your world. I, I mean, you've mentioned you have kids and a family and a job. I understand all of that. But if you don't do something, will you ever have the time to do the things that really matter? If you don't do something, John, will you ever have the time to be with your kids at their ball games? You know, to travel together as a family more than once a year for a week. Will you ever have the time to, you know, go out on a date night every Friday with your beautiful bride? You know, will you ever have the time to do those things if you don't really look at making an adjustment? Let John really think about that. And if he says, well, I, I see what you mean. Well, then is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started on your wealth journey today? You know, we take Visa, MasterCard, American Express. What's the best way to get started? 
These are the very, very simple conversational questions that we can add, we can season into this dialogue when people are asking for more information. It's the same when they say it costs too much. Would you like to change that? Because listen, there are people out there that will take a look at an automobile and they will say it costs too much or that's too expensive. And if you said, would you like to change that? Truth be told, they have no interest in that car. It wouldn't make any difference if they were giving them away. They wouldn't want it. It's too big. It's too foreign. It doesn't seat enough people. It seats too many people. It's a gas guzzler. It, you know, it's just not going to be for them. So what do they toss out? It costs too much. Oftentimes, the objection or the request for more information that people are putting out is not exactly where their mind or their heart happens to be. We have to pay attention. So again, in review, we have to make a decision and understand that we have projects and we have prospects. We're looking to sponsor up, scale of one to 10, you're a five, start keeping track of that. Really make sure you've got that ever-expanding list of people that you see at your current level or above. Treat everyone the same. Don't ever discount anyone because you see them as a one or a two or a three. Maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they just need someone to swoop in and help them. But again, be careful of the projects. I mean, when I showed up, I said to the person who enrolled me, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I was serious as a heart attack. And he told me what to do and I did it. And I grew. There are people out there like that. And there are also people out there that are your equal. And you'll say, I'll tell you what to do if you'll do it. And they'll say, sure. And then you'll never see them again. So treat everyone the same. But again, really make sure that ever-growing list includes people at your level or above. Sponsor up. Keep it simple. If you know a little NLP, hey, that's fine. If you have had some sales training in the background, you've got some ideas, that's wonderful. But when you start trying to teach something 10, 50, 100, or 1,000 levels deep, what you realize is we've got to keep it so simple that most people can hear it once and say to themselves, I think I can do that. So let me ask you, do you think you can do what I'm asking you to do? Do you think you can incorporate that one question into your presentation at some point, at the appropriate point? You know, Mary, based upon our conversation, based upon what you're telling me you're looking to accomplish, is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started today on your health journey? Mary says, well, I, I, I don't know. It, 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 this, is, this costs too much. Really? What do you mean? Well, you know, I just, it's... And let her, let her talk, hear her out, and then answer the question the best way you can based upon what we've just discussed, based upon how this is configured. You know, sometimes people just don't appreciate it. And you will hear those great stories. I've got a couple of videos. If you Google my name and how much does Isogenics cost, you'll find those videos. There's some great ideas. You know, one of them is just reminding people that we pay for almost everything a month at a time. Most of us have, I mean, we know it, but we just don't think about it. Our house, our rent is a month at a time. Our cars are typically a month at a time. You know, our phones are a month at a time. The television's a month at a time. The internet's a month at a time. We pay for just about everything. Netflix is a month at a time. And yet here comes food, not a month at a time. Food is a pay-as-you-go process. But imagine if you could put it on a credit card, eat it for the entire month, and when the credit card bill came due, pay for what you'd already consumed. You're already doing it. It's just a different way of thinking about the math. Sometimes it's just as simple as giving someone that information after you've allowed them to speak for a moment or two. So again, what do you mean? Beautiful, open-ended question. 
Would you like to change that? Beautiful, probing, close-ended question. Pay attention to people because they're different. Therefore, if you're getting the same objections every single time, if you're getting the same requests for information every single time, it's probably you. But if you're getting a few of them from time to time, keep track and get better on a good response. Just learn a good response. Find the ones that are working and just do the best you can. I'm telling you, you will get better. Because in the end, here's a beautiful word picture to help hopefully tie this whole conversation up into a bow. There are four of us. We've just been to an event. We're all part of the Isogenics family. We're all part of our one big team. And we decide to go to the restaurant there in the hotel where we happen to be and maybe get a little food and maybe something to drink. So we get seated at a table and the wait person comes by and she says, hi, I'm Mary. I'll be taking care of you this evening. And before I start, I'd, I'd like to get your drink orders and then I'll come back and see if anyone would like to order food. And she turns into the very first person at the table and she says, what can I get you? Now, even though there are only four of us, even though we're sitting there at the same table, we've all agreed on that, sitting at the same restaurant, all agreed on that, what are the odds all four of us are going to order the same thing? And the answer, if you pay attention, is pretty small. You know, some people drink, some don't. Some want a hot beverage, some a cold. Some don't want to drink anything at all. Hey, maybe they're cleansing. You know, you're going to have four typically different responses unless there's influence in some capacity. If there's influence in some capacity, you can change everything. Let me explain. Beautiful hot summer afternoon. There we are. Same setting. Mary comes by. She says, hi, I'm Mary. I'll be here to take your drink order, then I'll come back and see if anyone wants to order food. But before you order, and I, I, I can imagine you've already decided what you want, but I've just got to tell you, we are known here at this restaurant for the most absolutely awesome raspberry lemonade you have ever had in your entire life. We make it fresh. It's delicious. People come from miles around just to, just to have it. If you want it just the way it is, the virgin, it's fantastic. If you want a little bit more adult beverage, hey, we can take care of you too. And then she turns to the person she believes is the most commanding presence at the table and she says, so what about you? Can I start you with one? And you say, you know what? I was going to have something else, but that that sounds good. Sure, I'll have the adult version of that. Somebody else says, you know, I'll have it, but you know, I'll have the, the regular version. And she says, okay, so all the way around? Yes. And so here we are, these little four a group of people all ordering, in essence, the very same beverage. Why? Because of influence. Somebody directed us in the direction she wanted us to go. Maybe she's comped on that. Maybe she just really believes in it. Maybe the reason they market more of that than almost anything else is they've trained all their people to do it. We don't really know. What we know is if all we end up with are menus and we just look at the menus, we tend to all do our, the same thing. So what's the moral of the story? Well, the moral of the story is if we're just letting people choose, then we're going to hear different objections all of the time. But if we're causing or influencing something, we're going to hear a similar pattern all of the time. So if you're hearing people in virtually every single one of your presentations say, this is a pyramid scheme, you are probably doing something to cause that. I would recommend you rethink what you're doing so that doesn't come up or doesn't come up as often. Again, if the price objection is coming up every single time you sit down, you're either talking with people that are finding it difficult mentally to understand how they're going to afford this, or you're presenting it in such a manner that it doesn't really build value. They don't really see the wisdom in investing into their health, or they don't understand this really is a 
just a transfer of dollars. We're taking money from wherever it's going, and we're just taking those same dollars and moving it over here. We know what people spend on food, and we know what people spend on food here. And for most people that are getting good quality food at a restaurant or good quality food at a grocery store, they're going to save money on isogenics. It's just the way that it is. So if we're not really having that conversation, if people just don't really understand that, then that's on us. We need to get better presenting so that those points are brought out in presentation so that they don't really come up as requests for more information. The ones you want are the real crazy ones. And I'll end on this note. You know, I've got a lady, Christy, who's part of the organization now. And, you know, when Christy and I were having conversation, which led to presentation, uh, Christy reached back and she said, you know, I just, I have to know what you're doing about the orangutans. And I said, what? And she said, the orangutans, I, I just, I have to know where the palm oil, I believe it was, was coming from. And, you know, just, you know, are you, are you harming the orangutans? Well, first of all, I, I didn't know what ingredient she was talking about. And secondarily, I, I had no idea how the orangutans tied into any of this. And so what was she saying to me? She said, I have a concern. I have a request for more information. I said, I've never been asked that before, but let me find out. So I went to the person at the company and I said, I've got this question about orangutans. I've never been asked before. I'm telling you, it wasn't about 38 seconds later, I had three paragraphs back on the orangutans. Apparently, although I'd never been asked before, many people had been asked before. Truth be told, we make sure they're not harmed. We do a brilliant job in our harvesting, or our partners do, in such a way that I shared that information with her and she was blown away. Guess what? She said yes. So what's the point? The point is when you get these unique requests for more information, don't expect to know. Nobody's going to know. You can't learn all of this stuff overnight. Just like leadership, it's going to take time. So is being able to answer people's questions. Do the best you can. Remember these three points. Is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started on your health journey today? Is there any reason you wouldn't want to get started on your wealth journey today? Hey, is there any reason you wouldn't want to start feeling better today? Is there any reason? We take Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. And then when they start making a request for more information, open-ended, what do you mean? Listen and respond the best you can. Closed-ended, would you like to change that? Really listen and do the best you can. I'll promise you when you remember those three points, you're going to be well on your way to enrolling more people than you ever have before. And they are going to be able to understand, wow, hey, this is pretty easy. I think I could learn this too. So that being said, Go out, have some fun with it, improve your presentations as a result of it, share this with each and every member of your team. Don't leave that to chance. We want everyone having access to this information because when we all understand it, we all grow together. That being said, I'm excited. You know why? Next week. Next week, we're going to get into probably the most fascinating aspect of our entire business. Truth be told, duplicating. You know what duplicating is? Duplicating is, well, it's not finding people. You've already done that. Somebody found you. It's not presenting. Hey, someone shared the story with you. It's teaching and training other people how to say yes and then move forward. Have you ever brought people into the organization and they said yes and then nothing really happened? Would you like to know how to get more people who say yes to actually do what they said they wanted to do at the very beginning? Oh my, then if that's you, you have got to tune in next week and make sure your teams are staying up to date with these podcasts too. That being said, go out, have some fun, and remember, requests for more information just mean 
They really want to know more. Help them understand this and invite them to be a part of our Isagenics family. Music